0: There is no next without making the destination or expected outcome very clear. At Go Church, we are on the journey of our lives with focus, determination, and drive. And it is imperative that we clearly define the goal, salvation. To get there, we must help you understand who we are and what we are all about. We are building a Jesus community to serve the world. The question is, are you ready to go? Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, I hope that car will be parked there when I'm done, right? For me, I'm just yes. <laughs> Doesn't? Yeah, if it's a Tesla, yeah. <laughs> all right, how are we all doing this morning? Um, I, I just want to thank God for you. I want to thank God for everybody uh, that is here, especially those, not especially, but including those who are watching us, you know. Um, Online, and we just want to welcome you to this Sunday service. We want to thank God for you. Thank God. I hope your week went well. If it did not go the way you thought it should, I just want to assure you that God is still on the throne. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. I want to tell you this morning that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, He has anointed you. And no matter what the challenge the enemy brings across your way this morning, I believe that you have uh, the uh, ability and uh, the God-given resources to be able to face and overcome every challenge. Uh, The Bible declares that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible says he has made us more than victorious. So this morning, I just want you to know that no matter what the circumstance is, you are more than victorious Amen. through Christ who strengthens you. Uh, Father, this morning, we just want to thank you. I uh, thank you for everyone. Thank you for uh, your will, your purposes concerning our lives. We give you praise and we exalt you. This morning, we just ask you to give us a heart of understanding, uh, give us an, the air to uh, hear. and. And understanding that will help us to be able to comprehend what you are saying to us this morning. We give you praise and we bless you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Again, good morning and thank you again for uh, joining us this morning. All right. Uh, this morning, I want to start a series of messages that we have titled Go Next. All right. it's going to call it's going to be titled go next and uh, the reason is clear the reason is clear because we have gone through some processes of change we have gone through uh we have we have done uh a series of messages called look back look up and look forward and if you have looked back you have looked up you have looked forward then the question the next question is going to be what is next after we look forward, what is next? I think it's just something natural. And I have heard, or we have heard, uh, many people ask the question, now that all this change have come, now that all these things are happening, what is next? And a quick disclaimer. Um, uh, the title is not my uh, intellectual property, if, <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. Um, uh, uh, two things happened that I, that I, that I um, uh, named these. Uh, series, Go Next, it just makes sense. Um, But I don't want to bore you too much uh, on all of that. But I just want to tell you that uh, uh, this title is the exclusive intellectual property of somebody called Mr. Oludayo (laughs) Shoyabo Yeah, so so we'll go from there, all right. if you don't know Luda, I'll show you, but pay me later on. I'll let you know. I'll, uh, <laughs> all right. So, like I said, we have, act- I mean, we, have, we have heard the question. And the question has been, what is next? We have made all these changes. We have said we ask God, change the name of the church, change the structure, change everything. What is next? But I want to tell you that before we start breaking down what the next is, we have to start from somewhere. And that is that there's no next without making the destination clear or the expected outcome. Very plain. There's no next. At go Church, We are on a journey of our lives and it is very imperative that we clearly define the destination that we and what we are all about. So we want, to declare the def- we want to clearly define the destination, we want to clearly define who we are, and we want to clearly define what outcomes or what are, what are our purposes for all of that. And to do that very clearly, to be able to understand where we are, or who we are, where we're going, and what we're all about, we have to go back to our vision. The Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. So we have to go back to our vision. And what is our vision in this house? I know, you know, we change everything. We change the name, and we also change the vision and so many other things. But what is the vision? What is our new vision? Our vision, the one that we're, you know, we're we're beginning to walk by now, all right? Uh, Our vision is we're building a Jesus community to serve the world. We are building a Jesus community to serve the world. And visions are not just to be taken lightly, right visions are not to be uh, visions are not just there because we just need a statement we just want to say something just to um, just to um, be able to say okay we have a vision everybody has a vision um, you know you look at the corporate wall they have a vision the churches have a vision and so also we have to have a vision no we have a vision from God that God has told us to run by all right now I want us to uh, start uh, breaking down what this vision means. But before we do that, I want you to understand that any true vision, any vision that's true, any vision that is uh, is going to be, that's going to fulfill its purpose, must answer three questions. It must answer the question of destination. Where are you headed for? Where are you going? It must answer that question. Number two, a vision must be able to answer who you are. Who are you? Who are you? It must be embedded in that vision. Number three, a vision must be able to answer the purpose question. What are you about? All right, now I'm going back to my, um yes. So a vision must be able to answer the question of destination. Where are you going to? Where are you headed to? It must be able to answer the question of identity. Who are you? And it must be able to answer the purpose. The, the purpose question. What is your purpose? Why are you here? Why are you doing what you are doing? But before then, um, let let me let me go back to um, let me go back to this. Um, I like this because I'm a very visual person. I'm visual by nature. Um, you can say all you want. I don't understand it until I see a picture. So, and, and that's just my natural way also of, uh, of, of of doing things. And since I was a child, you know, I'll be in class, a teacher will be teaching, I'll be drawing pictures because I see things that way. I understand things, you know. Uh, I, I'm able to break down complex things in pictorial forms. All right? So, uh, Before we go into breaking down all of that, I want to tell you a story of something that happened, you know, some years back, some years back, Um, it wasn't the time of GPS, you know, GPS was not very common that time we were traveling from, my wife and I were traveling from Atlanta to Austin, Texas, and we were traveling by road. And um, when we started the journey, I'm not somebody that particularly likes traveling, uh, it, it's weird, I'm, 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 you know, it's weird. I don't like the process of traveling, but I like going to new places. I don't know if, I don't know if you understand. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, I don't know if anybody has that, you know, I, you know, yeah. You have to drag me to go to, you know, to travel. But when I get there, I seem to enjoy so much that I don't want to come back, all right? And so we're traveling from, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, to Texas, to Austin, Texas, and um, it was in the days of GPS. And I have this condition, I don't know if any other person has that condition, and the condition I have is that somewhere in my brain, a lot of times, and it does happen to me, so when you see, I, let, me, let, me, let me do a d- full disclosure now. When you see my wife and myself in a car, she's most likely going to be driving. 90% of the time, she's going to be driving for two reasons. The number one reason why she's driving is that she feels I drive like a senior citizen, all right? I'm too obedient. I obey the law, I, I, <laughs> so, so she does not like it, that, that does not sit down well with her. The number two reason is because I have this condition, and the condition is that my my environment flips. I don't know if it happens to anybody anybody else. My environment just flips, and everything just takes an opposite um, uh you know so let's say the building this building is like this all of a sudden it just feels like it's on the opposite side i don't even okay i think i'm just the only strange person here <laughs> and because of that condition i have i have missed the way to my house i've missed the way you know 285. it happens to me a lot on 285 i've missed the way to 285. there are so many places we're going to and we're already there we're about there and i'm asking my wife i'm like you know so where are we turning what's going to happen and all of that because that condition makes things to just turn just flips in my brain and so i have difficulty so we're going from um uh, atlanta to uh, austin texas and as, as we were on that trip we got off the road i don't know where but i know we're already in texas so we got off the road to get to get gas. It was around, you know, 12 a.m. at the time and all of that. And yes. And so I got off the road. So one of the reasons why I have this is just, just to explain it so that it, it, will, it will not make it complex. And we got off the road. We're traveling. And we got off the road to get gas. And on that place, you know, I had to travel like after we got off the highway, we have to, you know, I had to travel like maybe about, like, about an hour and a half before we got to a gas station. You know, normally when you when you're on the highway, if you are going to get off the hi- a highway there, you know, uh, signs, this is McDonald's, this is this. And so we just saw one and then, you know, we got off. Finished getting gas. At the time we got gas, instead of coming back this highway, my condition has come again. And the whole thing just flipped. So instead of turning back and coming back this way, I felt that this was where I was coming from. And I wanted to go this and I started going this way to go and figure out how to get back to the highway or how to get on the highway. But for some reason, we're not just getting back to the highway. And I'm like, but. And that time, my wife, I think she was half asleep, so she wasn't following, you know. So we kept on going, and I got to a point, and I'm like, no, I think I've missed my way. Do we. Uh, how do we do? So we saw another gas station, and then we asked. And I asked, and when we asked for the highway, the guy came back and told us, he said, uh, oh, no, 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 just keep going. Because I asked him that, you know, I wanted to get to Waco from where I was. I knew that the next city I was going to get to was Waco, Texas. And I wanted to get to Waco. And I told him I wanted to get to Waco. He said, oh, you want to go to Waco? Just go this way. You're on the right track. And everything just looked the same in my eyes. So we just kept going. We kept going. We kept going. And then we went from this urban area into a rural road. And by then, I knew I was really in trouble, <laughs> because it did not look like a highway. And we were supposed to, get, I mean, we were supposed to drive a highway straight from Atlanta to uh, this. So I knew we were in trouble at the time. And I knew that the only opportunity I had, or the only thing I could do, was just go back from where I was coming, because in right now, whether my condition was right or not, I knew I'd missed the way because this was not part of the deal. But I couldn't turn back. You know why? Because there was a car that started telling me at that time. And at that time, I was afraid. If I turn this way, the guy will turn this way. If I turn this way, he turns this way. If I go this way, he goes. And he was telling me, if if I had slammed on the brake at that time, I knew the guy was going to hit me. And so a lot of things were running in my mind at this time. Too many things were go- was, you know, was I going to be, you know, robbed? Was it, you know, carjacking or whatever? I didn't know. So instead of going back after having recognized my mistake, I kept on going. I just kept on going because I had a problem. And we traveled for maybe like, maybe a good 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and with that guy just telling me and just, you know, everywhere I went, the guy was just going on the road. And at the time, it was about 30 minutes, we now got to where there was light, there was life, there was a city and all of that. And the guy just, you know, pulled beside me and told me, you know what he told me? He said, I know that I must have alerted you, but I did not know where I was going also. (laughs) (laughs) He had followed me for more than 40 minutes. We're all going in the wrong direction all going in the wrong direction. But he was following me so much that he didn't want to miss me because he thought I knew where I was going. (laughs) And then we all knew we missed the way. And then we asked somebody else when we got to the light. And the person now told us, okay, where is the final decision? You are going to Austin. You are going to this. Okay. And he told us where we're, how we're going to go. And then we just followed there. And then I got back on the highway and were able to get to, um, uh, Austin, where we're going, I find, but I told you that story for many reasons. If you don't know where you are going, number one, you are going to make a lot of mistakes. That's number one. Number two, if you don't know where you're going, every other person that brings that false sense of confidence that they know where you're going becomes your leader. And before you know it, the blind begins to lead the blind. Where am I going with all of this? I'm going, with, I'm going with all of this to tell you that if you don't have a vision, if you don't have a vision, you don't understand where you're going, you are going to end up being like me, having that condition where everything just flips. Everything turns around. You are, go, you are headed this way. Before you know it, everything just turns around, and it looks like you know uh, you're on the right path. But yet, you are not on the right path. But this morning, we are going to start figuring out what it is to be on the right path. So that's why I said number one, the things we are going to know about, the thing we need to understand about our vision is number one. It helps us understand the destination, and the destination always determines your direction. Right? If you are going. If your destination is Tennessee, and you go and somebody tells you that you have to travel 75 south, you know that no matter how fast you're driving, no matter how beautiful your car is, no matter how prepared for the journey is, you are, you are never going to get to Tennessee. You know why? Because your direction is different from your destination. And a lot of times, you have to clearly be able to define what your destination is to be able to understand what your direction is. All right? Number two, your identity. Your destination always, always will go with how you have clearly defined yourself. In other words, your destination and who you are always match. There's always a match because there'll be a resources, there'll be resources available for you to be able to get to your destination. All right? And then your purpose. What are you all about? What are you all about? So your vision is should be able to say, should be able to tell you all of that. All right? So our vision here is we are building a Jesus community to serve the world. Now, clearly, before I go to destination, clearly those two things, clearly these two things you know, show from there. Who are we? What is our identity? That vision clearly tells us that we're a Jesus community. We are a Jesus community. Our purpose, we are a Jesus community that is dedicated to serving the world. It clearly tells us that. So, we're a Jesus community. We want to serve the world. But let's go to Scripture and see, uh, uh, and, 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 just, and just get a story, and just get uh, uh, a connection to what we are talking about. All right, can you open to Habakkuk for me? Can you open to Habakkuk? Habakkuk starting from chapter two, verse one, Habakkuk two, verse one. All right, now, I want you to understand something about Habakkuk. Just like every one of us were asking, what is next? Habakkuk was also a prophet that was asking what is going on here in Israel. Habakkuk was a minor prophet, and he operated, you know, around the time that Jeremiah also was, you know, was operating. They operated around the same time. There was an overlap between the time period with which, you know, their ministries were existing. And Habakkuk had issues about what was going on. He didn't understand what was going on. If you read from chapter one, you will understand the story of Habakkuk. And what was that story? Things were not lining up the way Habakkuk had taught God, had designed it or dedicated it to be. And so he began to ask questions, God, what is happening? Why are we here? Why are we in this situation? But look at it from verse one of chapter two. Instead of Abbaqus sitting down there and guessing and just you know trying to figure out what was going on on himself, he decided to go to God, and he said, "I will stand on my watch and set myself uh, on the ra- on the rampart." Uh, did KJV says something else, okay, but that's fine. I will watch to see what he will say to me, and what I will answer when I am corrected. So Habakkuk knew that the way he was viewing God was not accurate. What he was thinking was not accurate. And the problem and the issues of his life were not when he was just supposing it vis-a-vis what should be happening was not accurate. And so what did Habakkuk do? Unlike many of us, Habakkuk went and consulted with God. And guess what? Verse 2. When God was going to answer him, God did not tell him, you see, go and take, uh, I want to go and take seven bulls and you know, slaughter them to me and sacrifice seven bulls to me. No, that wasn't what God told him. God did not tell him, um, uh, you know, go, go and meet prophet Jeremiah. Let him tell you what your 2022 will look like. God did not tell him, that you need uh, some kind of special prayer, seven days prayer. You sit down there and I will visit you or you need to go to this rock or this mountain or whatever. God did not tell him that. When God was going to answer Habakkuk for all the questions he was asking and all the issues and the confusions that was going on in his life, God knew that it was because something was lacking in the life of Habakkuk and sometimes for us things the things that are lacking in our lives are not a result of things that are genuinely wrong but because we have not paid attention to what god actually wants us to do and so what did god answer him god answered him with a vision he said the lord then the lord answered me and said write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he who may run uh, that he may run who reads it Now, Habakkuk had problems or issues What was going on. Life was not working the way he thought life should be working. Things were wrong in Israel. Israel was under siege. And instead of God to tell him that I have sent 10,000 angels to come and deliver Israel. No, that's not what God told him. Instead, God answered him with a vision. And what God was telling him, if you understand the genesis of Israel and where Israel was supposed to go, if you knew my plan, if you paid attention to the things I want to do about uh, 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 Israel, if only you can go back to Genesis 12 verse 1 and read down to verse 2 and try and figure out what that meant, you will not be troubled by what is going on around you. And for us, a lot of times things that are going on in our families things that are going on in our jobs things that are going on about our lives and, and our businesses and all of that a lot of times they are not a subject of things that are actually wrong but because we have our eyes on the wrong things what does that mean for us as a church it just means we cannot take our eyes off the vision that we are a jesus community to serve the world no matter what comes against us when we set our eyes on the vision and our hearts are set on the fact that god has called us to be a jesus community and that is what begins to direct and lead us and determine how we allocate our resources and do everything that we need to do on the basis that we're a jesus community that is ready to serve the world at every point in time guess what every other thing pales in significance in terms of importance So God answered Habakkuk. He answered him with a vision. He said, write this vision so that he that runs or he that reads it may run, or give me verse two, let me, I normally confuse that. That he may run who reads it. In other words, run here is a metaphor for conducting yourself. So that you can conduct yourself properly when you read the vision. So that you are able to know what is important and what is not important. So that you can know what is fluff and what is real. If he had known that God had called Abraham and by extension had called Israel. From Genesis chapter 12, we understand and we see from scripture that God called Abraham. And what did God call Abraham to do? God called Abraham, he said, I will bless you. You will be a blessing, all right? He who causes you is caused, and he who blesses you is blessed. If he had known that that was the destiny of Israel or that was the destination that God was taking Israel to, to a place where they become a blessed generation and not just being blessed, they are also a blessing to other people. Guess what? When all those things are happening around, when Israel's enemy were surrounding them, were encamping them, when things were not, going around for, were not going well for Israel, guess what he would have said? He would have still believed that God was still in charge, no matter what is happening now. Because God is not a man that he will lie, he's not the son of man that he will repent. And whatever he says he will do, whatever he has determined he will make to come to pass. Yes. Unfortunately, he was not paying attention to that. And God had to bring him back. He said, go back to the vision. Make it plain. Write it on the tablets. Make it plain. So that he will run that written. In other words, so that it begins to control and direct and dictate what you do. And here, in this church, we are determined that those, uh, what we have said is our vision, is going to be what dictates everything that we do. When we allocate our resources, if we think it's not going to further the cause the, the, the of us being a Jesus community, we're not going to spend that money. If we know we are not, whatever we're spending money on, is not going to help us serve global community well, we're not going to spend that money. The way we relate, the way we do things, the way we, we I mean, the, the way we walk, the way we conduct ourselves is going to be guided by this vision. It's going to be guided by the fact that we're a Jesus community. That is ready to serve the world. So a good vision must be defining. It must be directional. I mean, it must be actionable. It must be defining. It must be directional. It must be actionable. It defines you. But before we go too far, before before you know, before my time goes up, I. I want to quickly start defining uh, a Jesus community. And this is how this will start leading us to the other parts of, you know, the, the series. All right? Number one, when we talk about a Jesus community, we are talking about a people that have a common history. So you and I have a common history. And someone saying, oh my God, what do you mean? Oh, I'm from Côte d'Ivoire how, and you are from um, Togo. How, did, how do we have a common history? Oh, you are from Nigeria and I am from Texas. How do we have a common history? When it comes to the things of God, when it comes to uh, 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 the, 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 the Jesus community, when you look at it from scripture, When it comes to the Jesus community, what matters? We were all coming from sin. All right? I was coming from the Nigerian sin, you were coming from the Texas sin. All right? You are coming from the Togo dysfunction. I was coming from the Cote d'Ivoire, lack of Jesus. At the end of the day, We all have a commonality, and that is from the beginning we're all sinners. That is the leveling ground, and that is where we're all coming from. And that is why Paul told us in the book of Philippians, he said, uh, he he, he told, I I don't want to read it now because of time, but he told, but Paul told us a lot of things from the book of uh, uh, Philippians, right? He said, uh, I was a Jew of Jews. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was all of this, but he said, when compared to the things of God, they were all what Dunk. I count them as lost. In other words, where you are coming from. You see, that's the reason why there's no there's no basis for boasting. For by grace you have been saved, it is not of works, let any man should just any man should boast. It, you are saved by grace through faith, it is not of works, you cannot boast for it. Alright? Because we are all levelers. What level do all of us? Sin. Before Christ, if you are rich, you are a rich sinner. And if you are poor, you are a poor sinner. The things that brought you together is sin. The things that bind humanity is sin. And that was where we were coming from. And so our history started with sin. But that sin got broken in Jesus Christ. And we were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that in a Jesus community, we all have the same historical background. Number two. Um, OK, um, OK, let me do, let me, I know, uh, if there's a projection thing, so you, but I want to do three before I go back again. So I'll jump from one to three, but that'll be now, my number three will be my number two now. All right, we have a common characteristics. When we talk about the Jesus community, you, you, have a common history, you have a common characteristics, all right? And what is that characteristics? All right, um, John 1, 2 tells us what our characteristics is we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, for as many as believed in him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, or the sons and the daughters of God, all right? Even to those that believe, John 1:12. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying that we have a common characteristics, and the common characteristics that we have in the Jesus community is that we're all children of God. It doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor. It doesn't, can I get some tissue, please? Thank you, sir. It doesn't matter whether you are rich or you are poor. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter whether you are a, um, you are, you, you, you are, you are from, you know, Somewhere, I remember in those days, there was, there was this missions, mission thing that we used to go to in some part of northern Nigeria where those guys were just being discovered, at least. Well, they claimed they were just discovering you know, um, uh, civilization. They called it the Coma Hills at the time. And we were all going to Coma Hills to go and do mission work and, uh, at that time. That was you know, some 20, 30 years ago and things like that. We were going back to Coma Hills to go and do missions. And those people had actually not been you know, uh, they didn't have any uh, contact with civilization until the missionaries began to go there. Alright? But the wonderful thing is that as primitive as those people were, because they were really, really primitive, alright, they don't wear clothes until the, missionary, the missionaries got there. Right? As primitive as they were, immediately they gave their life to Jesus Christ. That was a common characteristic. Yeah. Amen. Alright? Naked! And uncivilized, uneducated, they don't know anything about God. But immediately they gave their life to Christ. Guess what? They had become the children of God. And in the eyes of God, there was no difference between them and myself. Yes. And so what are we talking about? In the Jesus community, there's no difference between us. You may just be a rich version of the child of God. <laughs> or a poor version of the child of God. But at the end of the day, we're all one. This should tell us that in the Jesus community, nobody is excluded. Everybody is welcome. All right? And two, there's no reason to boast. All right. Number three, which I'll go back to, to the second one now, is that we have a common interest. We have a common history, we have common characteristics, we have a common interest. And what is the interest, what is our common interest? Our common interest is to see that the life of God that has been deposited inside us can also reach out to every person around us. That's why we say we want to serve the world. We are a Jesus community that wants to serve the world. All right, and then number four, in closing, final one. Another big thing about the Jesus community is that we are a group of people that have common values. So we have common history, we have a common characteristics, we have a common interest, and then we have common values. If you want to see uh, people, all right, who don't know what they are doing, or who are not giving to what they are doing. Look for people who don't have values. But in Jesus, we have determined that we have values, and you and I will have the same values. We should have the same values. And here, we are determined that those values are going to be our guide in the way we interact with one another, and we interact with the world. We have the common value of love. We have the common value of grace. We have the common value of generosity and the common value of faith. Love, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Grace, because we have been saved by grace. And I, I, I don't know, maybe I should just take one more minute to just say, to just say this, one more minute to, to say this about, about this value of grace, it is really, really important. All right, let me just say that and I'll I'll take my seat. It is really, really important. From John 1, verse four, sorry, John 1, John chapter one, from verse 14, and then in verse 17 again also, the Bible tells us about Jesus Christ being filled with grace and truth. Am I correct? And the problem with us many times, that's why we're saying our value, one of our common values is grace. The problem with us sometimes is that we always swing to the ends of the pendulum. It's either we are grace, you know, uh, grace, uh, what do I say now? We're just prone to grace at the expense of truth. Or we are prone to truth at the expense of grace. But look at Jesus. He was filled with grace and truth. And if a Jesus community, must always know how to navigate the tension between grace and truth. Why am I saying that? When Jesus met the woman who was caught in adultery, grace and truth was completely expressed. You know why? The woman came and they said they actually caught her in the very act. That's what the Bible tells us. And guess what Jesus said? if you have not sinned, you throw the first stone and then everybody left and Jesus came back. And he was like, oh woman, nobody condemned you. He said, yes. He said, neither do I condemn you, grace. But go and sin no more, truth. In other words, when we are dealing with ourselves, we want to put truth and grace together and walk between that tension. Because at the end of the day, if you only depend on truth alone, right? If you, end, if you depend on truth alone, you are going to end up breaking people sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if you depend on grace alone, it's going to be difficult for you to be able to make sure that people really get what you want them to get. So here, we're going to be working on the tension of truth and grace, where everything comes together. And then we're able to deal with situations, right? If you go wrong, I'm not just going to come and tell you, hey, you are wrong, and you are as wrong as two left legs. And then I walk away. Right? I will have to be able to tell you that this is not right. However, mix it up with grace, to make sure that even though I'm telling you the truth, the truth is not breaking you, because the truth is embedded in grace. All right? So those are our values. Next week, we'll start, uh, we'll go back to to, to this, my diagram. This is very important. Uh, My very first diagram, we'll go back to that one. Very important. And we'll start beginning to define who we are and how do you know when we are off track or on track or whatever I think. Are we all together? Yes. All right, let's just stand up and just give thanks to God. <laughs> just give thanks to God. Just, just give thanks to God this afternoon. Give thanks to God. Just, just give thanks to God for our vision. Give thanks to God that you're a part. And as you give thanks to God this afternoon, the question I'm going to ask you is I want you to start thinking about your own role in this Jesus community. I want you to start thinking about how you are going to serve? So, two questions. Think of your role, and think of how you are going to serve. In other words, think about what God will have me—what God will have me do. God met somebody in Scripture, and He said, "What will you have me do?" And the person was Paul. Said, "Lord, what will you have me do?" So, think about it. What is my role? in this Jesus community, and God, what specifically, how do you want me to serve this global community? Father, in the name of Jesus, as we open our hearts to uh, these um, words that you have spoken to us, we thank you, God, because you help us to be able to come to that place of understanding of what our path is and how you want us to serve. We give you praise and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. You can you can take your seat for a minute. Take your seat for a minute. I'll be taking the offering very quickly, and then I will give uh, Pastor Ibike space. All right. As you prepare to give your offering, I just want to let you know that number one, we really, really uh, do appreciate uh, those of you who have been a part of all. Uh, uh, that we have been able to do or accomplish you know, over the years in this place. And, um, and uh, I want to tell you that your generosity is not taken for granted. Your generosity is not, um, is not uh, unnoticed. But I just want you, I've just told you what our vision is. I've told you how we have changed, how we're changing, and things are changing, and a lot of things are still changing, all right? I just want you to determine, uh, to say one of the ways that I will really serve the global community is going to be through my resources. Commit yourself to saying, God, if you have given me the resource to do it, I will commit my resource. because. the Bible talks about where, the, where a man's heart is, where a man's treasure is, there's heart is also where a man's heart is, there's treasure is, something like that. But I just want you to know that no matter what you have, again, I want you to know that we're not forcing you to do anything. We're just asking you to take a deep look at scriptures. And remember that God loves a generous giver. And if you're going to help us, support us in any way, in making this vision very, very uh, uh, successful. It is true your financial support to us. All right. So please make up your mind. Determine what you are going to give. But please make sure you are doing it generously. Be a generous giver. There are so many things we need to do. There are so many things we need to do. Um, the world is changing. We want to. We want. We, we want to be a part of. You know the world. We don't want to be. Um, uh, uh, outdated. So, please, um, uh, if you're ready to give, uh, you can text to give six seven eight two nine two six nine five two nine. Uh, our cash app handle is dollar sign. Let's go. Let's go church. Uh, you can give online to PayPal and Kindred at www.go-church.org. Also, make your checks payable if you have your checks here. And you can drop your cash. It is still very relevant. Uh, One thing that has not gone away with technology is cash, right? So we can still make use of cash. But just uh, uh, write your offerings. Um, I can guarantee you that we are going to uh, uh, allocate your resources very well and prudently. God bless you.